0: I can't imagine anybody sucking my finger and me finding it erotic.
1: Why, why is that erotic? I don't I've understand.
0: Got, I can't. I don't even want to suck somebody else's finger. I don't want my finger sucked. What? Answers on a postcard, please. Maybe
1: we're missing something. Maybe a lot of people have like sexual tips on their fingers. I don't understand. I've watched a lot of videos, Paul. Like a lot of videos. And there's a lot, this happens a lot. Maybe that's
0: why women enjoy fingering so much.
1: Oh no.
0: Hello, welcome to the Movie Chef podcast, where we make a meal out of movies. I'm your host, Tebs. Joining me is my uh, bestest bud in the whole wide world. Comic.
1: Inside? Inside?
0: I realised it was our anniversary recently. So Paddy's oh, Day, yes. 2003, so 19 years ago, we met, uh, I mean, we're in the same class, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But we didn't really like. I didn't think we bonded until
1: Con- that day. Considering that you were in my phone up until very recently as Paul Huddersfield, or sorry, no, sorry, Paul, Paul Bradford. Bradford, Paul, Paul Bradford. Bradford, yeah, yeah. And considering that you're in my phone, this is this is what you were known for because you said, "I'm from uh, I'm from Murfield." And I was like, "Huh? Uh, where's that?" It's near it, Bradford. First, that's near Bradford, and I was like, yep. "Okay, he's Paul Bradford."
0: <laughs> so we—I uh, remember going into Weatherspoons, and I was with some other friends. We'd got—I think we we're going to pictures. It was like eleven a.m. on Paddy's Day, and we went in just for something to eat before going into pictures. And there's you and all you, your housemates, sat around the table. I'm like, "What's what's going on? It's Paddy's Day." Ah, right. I'm old enough for that to be a thing now. Okay, well, I'll have a drink with you. seven hours later
1: (laughs) do I need do I need to tell the mop bucket story or is it too bad no
0: no you can tell it you can tell it I just remember we were uh, the the best thing I took from that is we ended up above the Cumberland Inn there Mm -hmm. was the secret bar which is now a Thai restaurant yeah and we went in the secret bar and the only Irish CD we could find was the best of the Pogues yeah
1: yeah, oh, what, sorry. For, what else do you need?
0: For your kids listening. A compact disc is what they used to start. Think of a really small shiny. <laughs> it's, a record. Sh-
1: it's a shiny wheel. A shiny wheel you put in a, a, a shiny wheel film. of music.
0: And we just played. And we were listening to Fairy Tale in New York in March. Sat yeah. on a pool table. And then I remember at one point there were like six of us all around the table. And Ray, got a phone call from his ma. And That's somebody went right. And somebody went. Who's Ray talking to? Oh, his phone in his ma for Paddy's Day. And you're like, I better do that as well. And you started getting your phone. I'm like. Oh, fuck, now I'm going to phone my there were just seven <laughs> drunken, big, burly men sat around a table. And this will last walked up, said, what's going on? And we all looked up and said, we're all just phoning as mars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I've got to tell this story. I've got to tell this story. And I am going to preface this, but it is disgusting. OK, so just deal with it. So it was the day after that Paddy's day. And um, you know how it's like you're an Irish person, so you have to drink Guinness. And now I was never a massive, massive fan of Guinness, but I could I could throw a few back like and enjoy them. But, but 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 that day I I am almost sure it was between like fifteen and twenty pints of Guinness that I had like, Well, it was yeah. like two
0: pound a pint in Yeah,
1: and like it it was it, it 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 wasn't great, but it went down very easily. Anyway, so we 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 wake up on the next day. And my stomach is absolutely killing me. And I'm like, oh, something's not right here. Like something is gonna have to go down. So I will say,
0: ladies and gentlemen, now is the last time to press mute <laughs> for the next 15 to 20. We've heard stomach is not well. Oh, it 15 gets worse. to 20 pints of Guinness. And we also heard the title of the story is the mop bucket story. Okay, yeah. last chance to press mute for the next 20-30 seconds. Okay, go.
1: So <clears throat> I get up of the bed, or sorry, the mattress that I had. Remember, remember I had a bunk, a bunk bed and yep. like I was too big, I was too fat to get on the top of the bunk bed because I knew it would break. So I had the mattress on the ground. So I get up off my mattress on the ground and I open the door. And as I open the door, I hear Amy, my housemate going into the shower. Now, Amy would spend 45 minutes in the shower, and I knew this was the, this was Black Hawk Down scenario. Like and I was like, this something's not gonna go here. Like I am, I am in trouble. So downstairs, pacing, sweat. Oh, what's gonna go on here? Went outside and I was like, Oh, oh God. I was like, Oh, came back in. And I was like, Oh, this is something's not right. Like, what am I gonna do here? What am I gonna fucking do? So I we'll got into the garden nice morning. It was about 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. And I was like, Oh God, I was like, I'm gonna have to take a shit in the garden. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to have to shit in the garden because what else can I do? So I go into the corner of the garden, right? And I take the trousers down and I look at the wall and I look up and there's two kids looking at me at the top of the wall. And I was like, hi. And these two kids waved at me and I was like, oh, so the fucking trousers went up. And I went back into the house. I was like, "Oh no, I can't take a shit in the garden because these two kids are going to be watching me shit in the garden. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do?" And that's when I seen the muck bucket, and I was like, "Oh, I have to, I have to." So I went upstairs to the bedroom, and like at this point, it was ready for going. Like, and I was like, "Like squeaking, squeaking." She didn't the muck bucket in the garden. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So went upstairs to the bedroom, right? <clears throat> I put the mop bucket in the middle of the bedroom. And that was a wee tiny, tiny bedroom. And I started putting my clothes at the bottom of the door, right? And, like, you're squeaking out stuff at the minute. You're like, oh, like, trying to hurry, trying to hurry. So I sat in the mop bucket, and the mop bucket happened. Yep. So it was, like, exploded. So um, I shit in the mop bucket anyway. <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so that's all right. So Amy obviously was still in, you know, in the shower. And I brought the mop bucket downstairs cleaned it out threw it out in the back street you know whatever and i kept the mop bucket outside as well i get not bring it back inside so it was about literally half and filthy. yeah 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 so i was walking around the house trying to spray spray deodorant all around the house just going fuck, fuck and you know when you're in the midst of that kind of a smell you can't smell it anymore like you're you're you think that all you can smell is the perfume and i come out of the bedroom at the same time as amy's coming out of the bathroom and she locks me and she goes jesus what a funny smell in there and i was like Oh, uh, must be silage. <laughs> they must be spreading silage in the center of fucking Carlisle.
0: <laughs> must be silage.
1: <laughs>
0: Not a fucking farmyard for miles. Not <laughs> silage, love, on this landing in this closed house. Oh, well, I'm glad you've told everybody how you shit in a bucket.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the, the map bucket story.
0: <laughs> what was that? Uh, but yeah, so that was like 18 years ago. Nineteen years ago. Happy anniversary! Yeah, happy anniversary! Yeah, and it's your uh, coming up on your birthday. Do we talk about it?
1: If you want to, yeah.
0: See, the problem with last year is we went a bit. How can we say green tongue? No, we avoided. We we established what green tongue was. Mm -hmm. I think ending the song with a ending the show with a song called "Who Are Up the Ra." may have kind of put our position in global yeah. political ideas a bit too firmly I'd...
1: But you see, we're not even political. I'm not political. You're not political.
0: No, that's true, actually. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm no. sick and worried about all of it.
1: Nah, no, I'm fucking exactly the same. I couldn't give two fucks.
0: What's this week then? So 40, the big 4-0.
1: 4 on Saturday, man. Yeah.
0: So I did you a menu last year, and mm-hmm. you were thoroughly ungrateful, if I can just well. say that.
1: You made me watch fucking PS. I love you.
0: Well, you know. Um, so instead, this year we're going to do West Side Story.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks.
0: Um, so in anticipation of Oscar uh, coming out to play uh, week on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, we're going to do. A, if you can remember all the way back to episode from remember, we did uh, Point Break versus Point Break, where we mm-hmm. looked at the original and the new one. We're going to do that with West Side Story. It is also an excuse just for me to use the little video clip with. She says to Tony in the original, if you're going to come, use the back door.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> everyone loves an innuendo.
1: <laughs> yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> man, can I, in t- man, can I say t- as well,
1: well? Can I say as well? Do you know for the first time I watched um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri last night? Yeah, it's not bad. It's all
0: right. It's all right. <laughs> It's all right like it's it's just i haven't watched no man
1: because I, of it. I watched it last week see this is this is great but so i have to i have to admit to this right because this this is the happiest see right now right today right now this is the happiest that i will be for the rest of the year this day this minute this hour where i'm doing this podcast this is the happiest that i'm gonna be do you know why why because i'm off for two weeks i'm off yeah. work for two weeks and this this is the, this is the, the longest period now between I go back to work. Today well, is the longest period. I've
0: got an argument, right? If you're in office work and Monday to Friday, nine to five, the sweet spot of the week is about between eight and half, nine.
1: Mm-hmm. Eight and
0: nine, eight and half, nine. That's your sweet spot. Because you've come in from work, you've had your tea, you've got a drink in your hand, and that is the longest you've got to go before more work. Yeah, You've got two sleep-ins ahead of you. You've got two days off ahead of you works out the way you refresh you've 8 till 9 for me is my sweet spot of the week as soon as after it comes like half nine 10 o'clock I'm like oh, fucking working on Monday
1: I have I have a general theory as well that if you unlike yourself obviously I don't have weekends off so I don't have two days off in a row together right so my usual day off is a Tuesday but Tuesday isn't the day off for me because I have I you know I'm a father I'm am I'm a, I'm a partner you know I I clean I cook I do all this stuff do you know what my, do you know what my day off is? My day off is between when I get home from work and when I go to bed the night before my day off, that's yeah. my day. That's my day off. Yeah. And that's the four hours, the three hours that I have, you know, where I just sit and look at a wall that, that is, that is my off. That is my day off, but, but Paul, right. And this is the most exciting thing. And I hope everybody's so excited because I'm really excited about this. This entire week is going to be great for one reason. Why? Rachel has allowed me one day, one day, I'm going to go drinking in the garden. There's a heat wave coming up as well. I know, Paul. I'm going to get up at 10 o'clock in the morning, right? And I'm going to strip naked and I'm going to go out to the back garden and I'm going to take about four bottles of wine with me and I'm going to stick fucking Spotify on at full blast and I'm going to listen to the podcast and I'm going to listen to music and I'm going to pass out in the garden due to alcohol consumption and I can't wait for that. That's, That's super. And you know what? I don't give a fuck if the kids see me. I don't give a fuck if there's we Italian kids over the wall want to come watch this time. <laughs> come on, take it. This is nope. my house.
0: No, nope. can I just do not say? I want the kids to come and look at me while I'm laying naked. No, I didn't say say that.
1: I didn't say that. You (laughs) did. did. You said, come on, take it.
0: (laughs) 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 Okay, this is Movie Chef Podcast here with Louis C.K.
1: Corb's been arrested.
0: (laughs) um, So this week we're doing a David Fincher menu. Uh, Might be one of the last menus we do for a while. So enjoy it, you bastards. Um, we've got. We can't, we
1: can't say it's going to be a menu either. We can't say it's a menu. It's not a menu. It's
0: not. We're serving you a, um, a tasting menu.
1: <laughs> a retrospective. A retrospective. We-
0: because <laughs> we watched these films uh, about a month and a half ago when we were supposed to. This do was.
1: It. Yeah, this was. This was the episode that was supposed to happen when life happened. You know. Yeah.
0: And then yeah. life happened, and then we had Natalia on. Go back and listen to that as well if you've uh, not listened yet. Uh, Natalia made an episode a couple of episodes back. Um, of course, there's still the interview with Xander Berkeley just before Christmas as well. Humble plug. Um, and then The Batman came out, so we had to talk about that, mm-hmm. um, which is now live. And then we're going to do David Fincher. Then we're going to do West Side Stories. I
1: Next want story. to be in America. Come in America. America. America.
0: I'm not going to lie to you.
1: Is that song actually in West Side Story?
0: It is, yeah. I'm not going right, to lie okay. to
1: you. Well,
0: the original's pretty shit.
1: I will give my opinion next week.
0: It, because you haven't watched it yet. Um no. <laughs> and then we will we'll talk Oscars after that. We'll talk what we think have been the um the rights and wrongs. We'll see who won in our um guesswork of who's gonna I was thinking the other day, I'm gonna put a fiver on our predictions to win the, the Oscars. Okay. But what what do you think we'll get as an accumulator for that?
1: Uh, ours are different though. So I don't know. Mines would well, be way I'll out there. Mines one. would be mines would be way out there. You you went a bit off off piece, didn't yeah. you? Right, yeah. I'm going to stick a viver uh, on because it's because it's one of those years where there's no there's no front runner, there's no nah. one particular front runner. So what what they tend to do on years like this is they spread it out. They give yeah. everybody, they give the fan service. So Spielberg will get one, and PTA, who's never got one, he'll get one. And you know, I, I
0: think West Side Story is going to get it. I think I really do think Will Smith's going to get his this year. Um,
1: I think, I think I think I think I said West Side Story film and Jane Champion director. I'm still sticking by that.
0: I think you did and I won't be surprised if it went that way, right? You know, giving Jane Campion the the Oscar
1: because mm-hmm.
0: let's face it, it's 2022. Getting a female director the Oscar it makes a really good headline. I'm sure she very much deserves it, but we also got to consider what other um... What
1: have you watched Fire the Dog?
0: Yes, it's shit.
1: It's it's alright It's boring Yeah it's not It's not great What's the, What's that guy Um, Who's married to Kirsten Dunst Now who's in it What's his name
0: Discount Matt Damon
1: Discount Matt Damon Yeah Jesse, Matt Damon. Plem- Jesse Plemons I do like him I like him I do like but, him
0: But We're going to talk about this now With Ms. Marvel coming up I put on A western A cowboy western To watch a cowboy western You're buying to a brand I don't think do you know what would be good? A cowboy Western with Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons talking and tackling toxic masculinity. That's exactly what I want to sit down and watch. It's like, why do they have to force certain arguments and certain positions into every fucking thing that comes out?
1: I just, it's just annoying. It enormous, gets man. tiresome. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you because, you know, when was the last, when was the last good Western? Yuma? thirty three ten Yuma?
0: 310 to Yuma.
1: Or yeah. Bone Tomahawk, would you class that Bone as a Western? Tomahawk, yeah, True
0: Grit. Uh, yeah. True, true
1: Grit, grit. Cohen's true the Coen's one, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Again, they, I mean, they've gone out of fashion, but it's, I, I don't, why, why, everything we watch, what, what, what else was I watching this week? I mean, when we mentioned it with the Batman, going on about white liberal elite men have all the power and it's like, fucking hell. I've got to sit and listen to everybody talk about it on Twitter and get offended by everything, and then every fucking film I watch has got to have some discussion and tackle some modern day argument. Yeah. I don't not not everything
1: to... not everything has to have a meaning. Not no. ev- not every not every line has to have a meaning, you know. And uh, I don't know. I don't know.
0: You saying dunno because we don't want to get us put us foot in No, it's anything. not. I would
1: I would say I would say and hang on to you know you know my things. Yeah, yeah. I'm know. not
0: saying I'm against any of this stuff. Don't get me wrong, I fully believe there is, you know, arguments for you know too much toxic masculinity and not enough female empowerment, not enough different gender roles, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I watched a, a YouTube thing the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about Lord of the Rings, the new Lord of the Rings TV show coming out. And we have female beardless dwarfs and we have black elves. And there's probably, I think there's a gay hobbit in there somewhere, you know what I mean? And they have to take these modern day um, cultural, fuck, I can't even phrase it right, discussions, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff, and they have to put it into everything. So the Lord of the Rings now, you can't just think, I want to watch some Tolkien's work. This work that has been popular and massive for, what, 70 years, the guy wrote so many books in his, a handful of books in his life and dedicated his life to crafting these stories. And then Amazon get a hold of it and go, nah, let's just change the meaning behind a load of stuff because it suits the modern day. It gets us clicks, it gets us likes, it gets us views. Uh, and why, if, if the story is that popular, to still be around today, to be worth billions, why do you have to start changing it just to satisfy a select group of people?
1: this is where me and you diverge in the path this is where this is where we diverge the path because because i i agree with it i agree with i agree with a lot of it for the simple reason this right i have to have a certain suspension of disbelief when i'm watching something right so for instance if we're watching uh, lord of the rings uh, the fellowship of the ring right there are so many more characters within that world where we don't hear their storyline or they're got there and i think it's interesting when they go off topic and they go and talk about you know different <clears throat> sorry excuse me when they talk about different characters and different points of view i find it interesting uh, just like the batman right so when i was watching the batman i think me and you spoke about this last week my biggest takeaway from that Batman um you know other than of the obvious was the Martha Wayne uh Martha Arkham kind of thing and I I got really excited I got really excited I was like oh are we gonna hear about this are we gonna are we gonna see this are we gonna hear about our family are we gonna hear about our mental health struggles are we gonna hear about how Arkham Asylum was put together because this is something that we've never heard before this is something that we've never ventured into I think the only other thing that we've that has kind of vaguely touched on it was the game Arkham Asylum, you know, vaguely touched on it. And I thought it was going to take that interesting view of it. And it didn't. And I got a wee bit upset about it, but this is where, Some I agree with you in a certain way that... What's the point in changing something when it's been so popular? But I also take the view and and and, and the aspect of there are so many more stories to, to be told within Lord of the Rings. I think we've seen the Silmarillion has you know five thousand different stories within it. Um, but I think that I think that we should have a kaleidoscope, a color, and a kaleidoscope of of, of everything involved. Yeah,
0: but <clears throat> I, I'm not saying don't have them in. I'm not saying don't have black people. So, in Paul,
1: why are you a racist?
0: <laughs> well it all goes back to when i was three <laughs> no nah, i'm like i said i'm far from that i'm not saying i mean it wasn't even an argument for black people it was just the shoehorning in
1: oh no didn't, i didn't mean it like that i didn't mean i got like i i get where you i get where yeah. you're going
0: it's like when the characters have been described a certain way similar similarly i can't pronounce it but i've never read it but They've got their rights and they've been told don't diverge from that. If you want to create something that's not in the books, then go for it.
1: When they try to shoehorn modern problems into classic stories. About
0: elves and rings and things. And I mean, one of the main arguments from the guy watching was Galadriel is supposed to be this very feminine, dainty, elven queen.
1: Ethereal.
0: Ethereal. And now she's some big warrior climbing killing people and climbing cliffs
1: and, uh, and, uh-huh.
0: and the lord of the rings fans absolutely hate it as i mean, i have seen people arguing with one ring.net and there's factions now and fuck me it's it's too much it's just too
1: much it's getting as toxic online now with lord of the rings as when george r, r. martin you know post up hey guys went yeah. to the bathroom made myself a sandwich get back to writing winds of winter <laughs> what, is <laughs> what is your problem
0: what is your problem has he not been writing that for 20 years now?
1: It's not. When it was Feast for Crows was 2011. So it's 11 years now. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of a song for Ice and Fire. I'm I'm, I'm a fan. And I'm getting a wee bit annoyed now going, Do you know, I've... I've i've read you know all the books that you brought out george and i've seen you've done treatments and your your uh, you know hard cards or whatever the fucking series you're doing and now he's bringing out the this targaryen book again and he has already brought out a targaryen book now i know that there's two people that help him um you know from a kind wiki of a a wiki, yeah from a wiki of ice and fire but you know it's getting to the point now where i'm even looking at it going Get your fucking act together and write that book. And he keeps, but he keeps coming out with these wee things. Not a blog now. He used to do this thing where every New Year's Eve he would update something on Winds of Winter because he wouldn't talk about it otherwise. So everybody was kind of going, "Do you know what? We'll wait for the New Year's Eve when he'll update us on Winds of Winter." And the last time that happened was twenty nineteen, and he hasn't updated anybody on. He calls it "Son of Kong." Right. So whenever yeah. you hear George R. R. Martin mention Son of Kong, he's talking about the winds of winter, but he hasn't updated anybody other than saying wee things. And, you know, yeah, it's been really hard. I've been revising and I've taken a month off to write and blah, 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 blah.
0: See, for a lot of the stuff that I've been reading about the people slating R. 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 Martin is because um, saying things like he's lost interest in the book. He's wrote half of it or whatever it is. At the minute, Jon Snow's been stabbed by the White Walk or, any or whatever. Yeah. and we're, we're before that final series. And it, it, a lot of the videos and clips I've seen of him at like comic cons and stuff, he's been saying, I think when the HBO juggernaut overtakes me, I'll probably end up losing interest. And it's almost well, like yeah. the TV show's done what he was going to do in the book. Everybody hated it. And now he's like, well, I'm...
1: Well, there's two, there's two schools of thought. There's two schools of thought. The first school of thought is that he has he has written the in, the entire Winds of Winter, and um, I think it's called a song for spring. I can't remember what the other one is. Um, so the fir- the next two, and what has happened is he's seen the decline of the last season or the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, and he has decided now to revise a lot of the stuff that's in it. Because he already came out and said that um, he told the showrunners the start and the end. So the sh- to the showrunners' mind, that is the end of right. the books. The exact same thing will happen. Uh, spoiler, if anybody's not seeing Game of Thrones, go away now because I'm going to say something. Arya will kill the, the the Night King. You know, that that is what will happen. And Bran will become the king of Westeros. So, See,
0: I, I never got that. We'd have yeah. to, in fact, let's do a Game of Thrones episode. One oh, well, we've been talking, we've been talking. We're gonna, ah, there we go. We're gonna start doing a few different episodes, and one of them is we're going to be doing watch alongs. Um, so why don't we start off by watching a, an episode of Game of Thrones and doing a watch along commentary?
1: The last episode,
0: <laughs> do you want to do the last episode? Jesus.
1: Uh, no, we no, it would be the second last episode Wouldn't it? Because everything happens in Game of Thrones In the second last episode
0: Yeah, and then the last one is just to sit around chatting Yeah Did I tell you I spoke to Jerome Flynn the other day?
1: You didn't, but I generally thought this was going to be the story Of you sitting in the cinema and being told The end of Game of Thrones again <laughs> <laughs> And I was about to say, Paul, stop I've heard it too much Everyone's right. heard the story
0: We're there for endgame, okay <laughs> No, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you when we're not recording. <laughs> okay,
1: that's very ominous there.
0: <laughs> but um, no, I'll, no, I really want to say it
1: and I'm not going to. Do you know, uh, have you ever watched Picky Blinders?
0: Yeah, I haven't seen the new series though,
1: so shut the fuck up. Do you know the the Irish guy, the Irish, uh, uh, how do we call it? Is it Gypsy? Can we say Gypsy guy? Well, they say Gypsy, so yeah. Paki Lee. Have you ever know Packy Lee? The uh, Irish, wee small Irish guy who helps with the horses?
0: It was during um, lockdown. When I, uh, when I watched Peaky Blinders and Lockdown was also when I uh, became familiar so with
1: edibles. Borderline, borderline alcoholic. Yeah, I get it. No, no, I no, no. It.
0: I was stoned as a fool the whole anyway, fucking time.
1: Anyway, pa- Packy Lee comes into my work all the time. He's a pa- lovely guy.
0: Pikey Lee. Can we just confirm? Packy.
1: Packy. Patrick.
0: Patrick. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Because that, that word in English means something different. So.
1: What? Packy. Is oh, she's had an name Clack on that? Yeah, no, is uh, a derogatory
0: term Well, Pakistan, you know If,
1: so. if anybody if anybody wants To pick up on that Just look up Packy Bonner Packy Bonner was You know, Ireland keeper You know, for the 80s And the 90s And the Celtic goalkeeper Packy Bonner Alright, I'm not being I, racist
0: Don't do it at work because Packy
1: Bonner Just I go was, <laughs> Google Packy Bonner
0: <laughs> I was on Teams I was on My work computer The other day and um, everybody like replies like with gifs to each other, you know, about how you're feeling or something. This just happened. You just put a funny gif on Teams and, you know, let the group chat go. And something happened. and I was really pissed off. And I wanted a gif of somebody just shouting, fuck. You know, like maybe Drew Barrymore when she shouts it in Donnie Darko or something. Mm. So I typed into the work server computer, screaming fuck
1: gif. <laughs> Guess what uh... came up? <laughs> oh, Paul. Yeah,
0: yeah. I could not close that window fast enough. I'm like, it didn't happen, didn't
1: happen. Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> right, let's talk some movies. Let's go. Ms. Marvel is a TV show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, new new um trailer came out. Look, it's this is Marvel TV now, isn't it? This is Marvel TV.
1: Paul, it's not for me.
0: It's not for me. But it used to be. It no, used to be no, I them.
1: don't. No, no, no. I, no, I, no, I disagree with that. Now, the reason why I say it's not for me is because I don't believe that this is aimed at me.
0: It's not. But yeah. Marvel used to be aimed at me. Now, am I getting too old for it? Or have they gone off in another another direction?
1: I, I think it's a bit of both. I do. I generally believe it's a bit of both. I think that... They are trying to uh, entrench a younger audience uh, like they did us all, you know, with Iron Man. They're trying to get a younger audience captive. Uh, they're trying to get a younger audience bought in because let's be honest, that cycle of Marvel is gone now yep. and we're going to we're gonna have to just put up with it and we're going to have to deal with it. Um, so they are trying new storylines. They are trying new uh, characters. They're trying everything new. So we're going to have to deal with it and we're going to have to take, take the Lickens and understand that not everything Marvel is bringing out is going to be aimed at us.
0: You remember what I said about forcing um, mm. modern day, modern day, I'm trying to dance around my words. People know, listen to this. No, I'm not trying to be offensive or anything. They're trying to get modern day tropes, you know, cultural yeah. Fuck, it's coming out wrong. Anyway, the. Gender identity, all this kind of stuff. They're trying to put it into it. So we you all think, know you're
1: a homophobe. We all know you're. A racist, I am a homophobe. Yeah, just, obviously. Just, I just come out. Just come the, out and say m- The
0: main one is about depowering the 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 male form, as yeah. it were. And if you look, back I, at- I think
1: I think it's because I think when me and you talk about this stuff, Paul, half of it is because we're looking at each other, going, it shouldn't have to be a spotlight on these things. It shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to yeah. talk about these things, but they have to push an agenda on every single person. You know, as in, listen, look, we've got a female director, right? Who gives a fuck? There's yep. been female directors. Look, we have a fee. We have a we have a female foreign kind of little girl now doing it. Yes, Who, we yep. don't. So this, we don't care. This this should have been done years ago, and
0: this is this is shouting about. Um, this is um, a, a teenage girl of um, Pakistani-American heritage who gains powers. And she's always wanted to be a superhero, and she loves Captain Marvel, even though... How often has Captain Marvel been in, been on Earth?
1: <laughs> well, you know, on our timeline, not very often. But well, we on the, really... the
0: MCU that we're watching. So Yeah, after the, the ble- but they're living
1: in the MCU, Paul.
0: Yeah, but what's she doing? Captain Marvel's off-planet. She's fucked off. This is what I'm saying. She's not... It's not like a Thor or a Spider-Man who's in the general consensus. This was Captain Marvel that fucking flew into the atmosphere, took out the ship, and then went off after the funeral. She's not a celebrity. But anyway, I think this this is not for meant for me. I, again, this is going back to this is made for teenage girls. Yeah. This is, and this is where they're going with the TV shows. Um, WandaVision, you know, she kept a town hostage for a week or two or whatever it was. And then right at the end, she goes, they'll never know what you did for them. Yeah? You kept them fucking hostage. That's what you did for them, love. But it's trying to empower the women. And, and 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 this is just, there was too much focus on you're a Muslim. Be a Muslim. You're a Muslim girl. It's like, I don't want the TV show to be about what that person is. It shouldn't matter. Yeah. This should be about Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan, excuse me. That was the joke in the trailer. And her story to becoming a hero. And... The fact that she is of Pakistani heritage will help connect with people. That's great, but why does that have to be the embodiment of what the show is?
1: Yeah, we don't I know get who to. the
0: bad guy is. We don't know where the, the powers come from. The powers are completely changed from the, the the books. I'm I'm not interested in this. It's probably going to be one of the first bits of MCU that I'll, I'll just not bother with.
1: I, I don't. It, th- yeah, it's not the it's not even that I'm not interested in it. You know what what'll probably happen is I'll, I'll end up watching it because I have kids. You know and, and it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to them so I'll by proxy I'll end up and absorb the storyline anyway like but do you know as well Paul you're gonna watch it
0: I will just because I yeah. want to know what's going on in the next film.
1: <laughs> because we're all addicts we're all addicts it doesn't matter what comes yeah. out. Well all but I agree with you I agree with you we shouldn't you know we why we why this stuff gets annoys us is because we are looking at it from a space going it sh- we shouldn't have to shine a spotlight on it. We shouldn't yeah. have to, you know, these stories should speak for themselves. You shouldn't have to talk about gender roles or gender fluidity or, you know, female empowerment, you know, yeah. all this, you know, we all already understand that if every country was in, had a, a, a female president or a female ruler, that we would have no war. You know, we already know this. We're not I... fucking, We're not fucking idiots.
0: I'll tell you what, right? This is, this is the last bit I'll, I'll say on it before I get cancelled. I have no problem with people wanting to be in same-sex relationships. The, the one guy once said to me, the best advice, if, if you're object to same-sex marriage and somebody of the same sex asks you to marry them, say no. That's it. That's all you've got to worry about. If you don't agree with it, don't do it. I am absolutely fine with people living their life, love who you want to love, be with who you want to be with. I really don't care. This is the equivalent of some big corporate bank starbucks mcdonald's changing their twitter profile picture to the rainbow flag for gay pride month and then as soon as it's finished take it back down again it's lloyd's bank putting pictures of same-sex couples in the window during gay pride month and then when it finishes the take them back down again it's it's using what's going on in people's lives to try and sell your product the same way lord of the rings does it the same way marvel's doing it it's just trying to jump on a bandwagon i truly believe they see it as a bandwagon they need to be involved in rather than doing something genuinely because it is for the good of the product they're making that's what i've got a problem with um speaking of lord of the rings (laughs) amazon have just bought well about a year or two back, um, MGM were touting no time to die around all the streaming platforms. They were worried it wasn't going to, basically the pandemic was going to destroy cinemas and they weren't going to get to release No Time to Die. And they were offering it to people like 400 million, 450 million. Um, now, it's actually going to make a, a lot of its money. They did right holding on. Um, but it seems like when they went to Amazon and said, would you like to buy this film? They went, no thanks, we'll just buy the whole studio. Yeah. The best analogy I saw was a guy saying uh, MGM went and offered them a glass of milk from the cow and Amazon bought the farm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they have, they are that global conglomerate now that can just fucking buy anything. Yeah. You know, they can buy anything. They could buy Um, Finland. They could buy anything they want. They could buy fucking America, Paul, if they wanted to. MGM. They they already have bought America. They have bought
0: America. (laughs) America sold themselves, whatever. Um, We're the same. Um, so the MGM, it's nearly 100 Thanks, years old. Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Thatcher, you bitch. <laughs> um, the MGM, they've got about 4,000 film titles, 17,000 TV episodes. They've won 150 Academy Awards, 100 Emmys, uh, and all this content. And this is what it is. It is a library. It's content. Amazon Prime, the Amazon um, Prime streaming platform, has just become a hell of a lot more.
1: We, we all We all know what's going on. We all know what's going on. Bezos, Bezos wants a movie made of him going to space.
0: He's going to remake Moonraker.
1: I can't wait. Brilliant. <laughs> Sexy Moonraker.
0: Um, what else have we got in the news then? Do we have any more news? Well, we've only talked about one bit of news, so I think we can. Excuse um, me, also- we talked about two. Oh, you having a shit in a bucket or something.
1: No, Lord of the Rings and Mrs. Marvel. My shit in the bucket story happened before. Oh that. yes,
0: Ms. Mrs. Marvel. Forgot about yeah. Mrs. Marvel. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Marvel. Jesus,
1: keep a focus.
0: Sounds like a sounds like a breakfast cereal.
1: What shit in the bucket?
0: No, Mrs. Marvel. All right. <laughs> Those some Coco Pops and no, I'll have a bowl of Mrs. Marvel. Um, no, I'll
1: have a bowl of shit in the bucket.
0: We're getting a live action Master of the Universe. It was Noah, Centino, uh, Noah Centrino. Uh, but he's fucked off and done something else. So we're getting uh, Kyle Allen from West Side Story uh, playing. Uh, I want Pat. to
1: be in America. Da, 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 and
0: it's going to be on Netflix and it's going to be um, a live action origin story.
1: of <sighs> <E-Man>. <sighs> uh, Do you know what? Do you know what really fucks me off?
0: <laughs> origin <laughs> story.
1: Fucking origin stories. See what anyone says, origin story is like, oh, Fuck off, your origins! Can we not just jump into the middle? Thank of, you! Uh, can we not just that's, jump into the middle? That's why sequels are better yeah, than the original. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about how Sandman became Sandman or how I, fucking Spider-Man... Just jump in. I but, don't care. But
0: if it was like... Um, oh, God, come on. Let's think of a... Fucking... I don't know. Some fucking comic book character we haven't had a decent film on yet. Um, think, think somebody... Anyway. batman okay oh, yeah, not quite that much but
1: robin nightwing
0: nightwing right so we had nightwing on film okay now if that was an origin film i'd watch that because i don't know much about nightwing i've got a right. rough idea but i don't know much i'd watch an origin on that but he-man bond yeah, yeah, you know, don't need the spider-man the I best think, thing Marvel did was avoid the origin story of Spider-Man. Yeah.
1: I think me and you had this conversation a while ago. Probably H- like uh, how much of a backstory do you need for He-Man? Because we're of a certain age where he-Man just supplanted himself into our unconscious yeah. He-Man. Da, 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 da. You know, we all know He-Man's from that. Yeah. I I don't I don't want to know how Adam fucking you know prince adam yeah and his girlfriend you know his one love and his how his father disavowed him and how his mother stuck beside him and we all know we all know that this is gonna fuck and how fucking skeletor used to fight for his father in the fucking you know whatever army you know you know uh, way too much than i do fucking but that's the thing what what i'm trying to get at is i don't know any of that's true and and i didn't even know I didn't even know that there was a mythology behind the fucking masses of the Universe. You know, I Probably didn't even know all the problem there was a attorney. It.
0: But this is, this is solo. This is solo, <laughs> and I keep hating this fucking film. But all we're doing is, this is going to be an origin film where... It's going
1: to be where he meets the caveman, and the caveman goes, what name? Yeah. He. He. He, man. What? You're <laughs> a man. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, he needs to find the sword, and say, I have the power for the first yeah. time. That's the origin.
1: Does, he not, have, does he not have... Do you know what annoyed me when I watched that cartoon of uh, Master's Universe? That he never said, by the power of Grayskull. There's a couple of times where he didn't say that, but he said, I have the power. And I thought it was the whole thing. By the power thought, of Grayskull. I, thought, I have the power!
0: I thought Bowie the power of Grayskull was just more like a... By Jove, you know, well, like kind did, of a, an expression.
1: But then, but then I started to get annoyed and I was like, well, why the fuck did he say by the power of Grayskull? Because if he didn't need to say the power of Grayskull, if you're in an argument, if you're in a fight, right? If you're in a fight and you are you need to get your strength uh, by the power of Tesco's and all the, the Coca-Cola's and the stuff and all that jazz. I have the power and then bang in the power. Why not just say I have the power and go and by boom.
0: then you're dead. Um, have you seen five? Have you seen five cream yet?
1: Five cream
0: scream five.
1: Screen, oh no, I haven't. I'm no. sticking
0: to it, they should have called it five cream, but anyway. Um, you haven't seen it, yet.
1: I, I am interested in seeing it, but I think it's it happened around that time where <sighs> you know what couldn't, I couldn't be asked. <laughs> Do you know what that's
0: really clever? Uh, really, oh, is, really is it clever.
1: Somebody is it somebody who we didn't know was going to be the no, killer? No,
0: no. The whole, the whole.
1: There is no killer.
0: The (gasps) whole film is just—it's just really clever. It's like they'd listen to our episode on legacy sequels.
1: And they winked at Did they wink at each other every single? Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like oh, all they're doing these films is bringing old characters back, don't they? Do it. You know what Mm. I mean? Fuck off! It was just—it was just sat. You can imagine they're all sat around in fucking Starbucks drinking their chocobocca Soya Chino, fucking shitty, fucking crap with the neutrine bars and shit and they'll all go oh uh, Jasper, yes Sebastian what would be <laughs> really funny in Scream 5 why do we comment on how legacy sequels have been made and they bring back all the characters, oh why do we do it while uh, David Arquette sat in the room yeah <laughs>
1: did, hey, yes. did Wes or is Wes Craven? Wes Craven yes. have anything to do with the Scream? no because he's dead no what, <laughs> No, come on now what I mean is Are you telling me that are you telling me that there's no Wes Craven couldn't have written a script before he died? Yeah. So he couldn't have. He couldn't have written oh, that right. script before no, he sorry. died.
0: You're right, you're right. Just on his deathbed seven years ago, it might have said, I've got what? a script.
1: But how did Steven Spielberg script. come up with, with AI? How did he come up with it? All right, Stanley Kubrick wrote the script Stanley in the seventies. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm fucking talking about.
0: And um, it was actually Kevin Williamson that wrote all the screams. Kevin uh, Wes Craven just directed them.
1: You so blame you, Kevin. Are you telling me? Are you trying to tell me that, that Wes Craven had no writing credit in any of the screams?
0: Well, I can't ask him because he's
1: dead. It's very easily checkable, Paul. All
0: right, fuck you. Come on, there's then. a thing
1: called there's a thing called Google. <laughs> <Doodle>. <laughs> Google. Google. If you Google it, do you notice
0: there's no adverts for? Oh, well, there is adverts for like Google Pixel phones. Oh, prove
1: wrong again, Paul.
0: But you don't have a. I'm I'm Googling, I'm Googling it now. Google? You never see an advert on Telly, do you? Like, do you need to search for something?
1: That well, you no, you do. Gotta, no, they brought out all those fucking stupid Google adverts during the pandemic, you know, about trying to make people happy, you know, having like kids run through fields and stuff. Oh, mm. so it's
0: like uh, they only brought out adverts when there was a. Something to latch onto. Yeah. Wow. Don't sound like Hollywood at all. What we got here? Craven. He wrote Hills of Eyes. He wrote. He wrote a scream fan film. Oh, he was just credited with the characters. He came up with the characters.
1: Oh, so he did no writing at all together? No. No. No, he just wrote the characters.
0: He came up with the characters, but he well, is that's, not.
1: That's a writing is, credit. That's a he, writing credit.
0: He has no writing credit for any of the screen films. Go and spin on it. Uh-oh. What are you doing? Sorry, have you spilled? Have you spilled beer on the floor again?
1: I didn't spill beer on the floor, but I was. A dick. <laughs> um, I went to try and prove you wrong. Away, Craven, and the fucking Mrs. Marvel trailer started playing.
0: <laughs> um, you don't. You don't need to prove me wrong. because you won't be able to. So. Kenobi, after you mentioned last week about Darth Maul being at the end, I know.
1: End of this, I know.
0: Well, it turns out Darth Maul was supposed to be in this series and they, they wrote him out.
1: I think Very, it's yeah, because Ray Park's a fucking horrible monster.
0: Ray Park's a horrible monster and Hayden Christensen came available.
1: <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I agree with that. That's and it. Do you know what? Do you know what? If Ray Park listens to this podcast, Fuck you, Ray Park. <laughs> I'll give a shit. Come at me. I know you could kick my fucking ass. I know you Jesus could. Jesus
0: Christ. Combs just, Calm's just uh, kicked away 5% of our list a bit.
1: <laughs> Ray Park and his brother who did that high kick and fucking Pippins that time, remember?
0: So why was... Um, why was the jewel of Fates music on this then? I did think he... it was supposed to be. A, I, think the, I reckon they're supposed to have Darth Maul in this and just re-written it all. Because this would have been... This comes... After Solo, so Darth Maul should have been like a gangster at that
1: point. Yeah, but what I don't understand is that Darth Maul is—it's not a Ray Park character. So I don't understand how they couldn't just recast them.
0: Well, is it—is it because of that that they don't, they don't want Ray Park?
1: A hundred percent.
0: Would you care to tell us again, without getting liable, what he what he did?
1: No, I I, I I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to libel myself, but what I believe is that he either...
0: You believe this? This is just your
1: opinion? Yeah, my opinion is, I read once that he either beat his wife up or he filmed himself having sex with someone and sent it to his wife.
0: Oh, we've if all him... done that before.
1: Yeah, it's one of the No, on purpose.
0: Oh, we've all done that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 what, sent porn to Park's wife? We've all done
1: that. Oh, yeah, self-porn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, nah, I, couldn't, I couldn't do self-porn. Who can I, do that? Imagine somebody without bodies.
1: I don't want. What are we talking about?
0: Fuck off, man. Come on.
1: I'm a fucking handsome cunt.
0: It's like the old uh, line from Red Dwarf when uh, Crichton gets turned into a human and he says, uh, and he shows Listery's double Polaroid. <laughs> and he goes, uh, Is that it? Is that what they're giving us? <laughs> it looks like the last chicken in the shop. <laughs> So, okay, um, so yeah, Darth Maul's not in it. I'm, I don't know, by the sound of it, they said, after Mandalorian, one of the main quotes that we've got here is that they've gone to um, Filoni and Favreau. And, um, they said they wanted to, the show to go bigger. Mm. So they, they could see the, the, the success of Mandalorian, the, um, using Luke in there, and, and, and the callbacks to the old series and the new. But I think them having the opportunity to bring Darth Vader in. Why? Yeah. If, if you can use Darth Vader in a TV show, you're in that timeline now. You're at the point where he's alive. If you're doing a TV show about Darth Vader's nemesis and Darth Vader's alive at the time and you don't include him, you're daft. So I yeah. think they've done absolutely right and it's going to get a lot of talk. Um, I don't know, just a bit. I'm still interested. I'm more, in, more interested to see that than Ms. Marvel, but then again, it's different.
1: It's not for you.
0: Should we do a menu then?
1: Let's do the menu.
0: So this week we're discussing David Fincher. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a little, uh, tell you a little bit about him. If you don't know, David Fincher, born 1962, six foot tall, according to IMDb. Nah, he seems taller. He's a a tall man. Uh, Born in California, um, 18 years old. This is all for IMDb, so read along at home. (laughs) So he worked (laughs) on um, Industrial Light and Magic, went on to... um, quite a few commercials, he did um, video, music videos for Madonna, Sting, Rolling Stones, Michael Jackson and whatnot. Um, and then of course he burst onto the scene with hit, Alien 3 um, so coming up we have got our menu we've got a starter, uh, a film which you would, and this is all from Cormac this week by the way, so it's a film that oh, I says, put it on me! This is your menu this is your menu, I didn't want to do Fincher I, I wanted to do you ball um <laughs> So this is uh, a starter. If somebody says, I've never seen a David Fincher film before. You'd show him this as, a, as an example of his work. A fish dish, what smelly, stinking shit and sour. Uh, what a main course, the best of the best. And then, of course, uh, an indulgent dessert, which Corm always likes, but others well, may be put off, but it's his taste. So uh, sh- should we do it? Let's do it. Our David Fincher menu. So we're starting with a a starter, an appetizer, and, and a hors d'oeuvre. Um, and you've picked, well, I'd never seen this before and I'd always fancied watching it. You picked the game. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the game, Con.
1: Do you want to know the most interesting thing about the game?
0: There is. <laughs> 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 fuck's sake. You've been waiting to do this for like a month and a, a half. Month and a
1: half, a month and a way. half. Let's get it out of the way.
0: Let's get it out of the way. back. tell us your fact about the game.
1: Okay. Paul, I have I have met the central character of this movie, the character that holds the whole story together. Uh, The person that if they weren't in this story, the whole thing would fall apart.
0: So you're obviously talking about Michael Douglas playing Nicholas Van Orten, a very rich, powerful businessman who is given a a gift of a live-action role play from his brother. Sean Penn for a birthday gift where he gets uh, entered into a psychological game of cat and mouse where nothing it seems. You met Michael Douglas?
1: No, it's not Michael Douglas.
0: Right, okay. I, I suppose you mean Deborah Kara Unger then, who played Christine, the, uh, the sort of the heart and soul, the, the real life sort of continuity of the film?
1: No, not her.
0: Right, okay. Well, <sighs> who have you met?
1: A little known actor called. Charles Martinet. Woohoo! Woohoo! It's me, Mario! Woohoo!
0: Charles Martinet plays Nicholas's father. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if I recall, he was in this film for at least 48 seconds.
1: Oh, Paul, it wasn't even 48 seconds. (laughs) It was at least 12 seconds, 13 seconds. You have met a star of. I have personally met him. I have personally spoke to him. I stood and I ate a bag of crisps with him. Uh, we spoke He's about crisps. we spoke about Donkey Kong. I think I had it was, well, I only eat two kinds of crisps: uh, the salt and vinegar, already salted. I don't know what he was eating. I can't remember. Uh, wow,
0: we're uh, we're really peeling back the goods.
1: <laughs> but he signed a T-shirt for me—a Donkey Kong T-shirt. We spoke about Donkey Kong. We spoke about uh, Luigi. He told me about how he got the Mario gig. Um, He was an absolute fucking delight. Have you ever met a person, right, where they just love everything they do? And it is just it, it comes out in every every orifice of their body where they know that they have got this gig and it is the best gig that anyone has ever got like I
0: used I used to work with a woman who was insanely happy all the time like she'd come walking into work with some flowers not like mm. a bunch of flowers from a shop she'd seen some pretty flowers along the way and just picked them and just wanted to walk into work with she wore do you remember of black books Bernard and met her He wanted a summer girl yeah they wanted right. a summer girl summer girl <laughs> and uh, she had you know lovely big hair and they'd have picnics in the park and she was like that and insane but she was happy yeah. All the time and I don't think she was medicated for it either.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Charles Martinet. The the yeah. one of the, the nicest one of the nicest people in, that I have ever met in my entire life and God bless him. Nice. There you go.
0: So there's the game. Uh we're really digging deep on David Finch's oh. uh, back catalogue here. Are,
1: are we are we not gonna talk about um Douglas's fanny cancer?
0: No, not just yet. Can we talk about the film first and then we'll, all right,
1: talk, okay. Okay. And then we'll
0: so basically, this is uh, Michael Douglas claimed he he got throat cancer by giving oral
1: pleasure. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, she should be in prison. Giving out that toxic stuff, <laughs> forcing forcing talented men to to do this kind of <laughs> dangerous uh, dangerous activity. What I want to know, Paul, is did she know it? What at the time? Do you think? Did this- she know it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should get off this. Champagne was in this movie as well.
0: Michael Douglas to the Guardian in 2013: Oral sex caused my cancer. Yeah, Michael Douglas star Basic Instinct and Fatal Attraction has uh, revealed that his throat cancer was apparently caused by performing oral sex in a surprisingly frank interview with the Guardian. <laughs> maybe he thought he had his doctor on the other line instead. Uh, the actor now wearing. Uh, applaud it, so that was quite well ago. Um, he was asked if he regretted his years of smoking and drinking, usually though, because, thought to cause the disease. Douglas replied, no, because without wanting to get too specific, this particular cancer is caused by HPV, human papillomavirus, which actually comes from cunnilingus.
1: I wasn't making it up, Paul.
0: I know you weren't, and I'm, I'm kind of Curious as to why he decided to bring it up right now. But anyway, so the game with David Fincher.
1: <laughs> yeah, the David Fincher menu. You can
0: Mind see... Imagine David, <laughs> David Fincher sat at home, like, got a plate of biscuits and a cup of tea, and he's sitting down for at night, and he's like, let's see which set of bastards have talked about me on a <laughs> podcast this week. Pot, pot, David Fincher menu. Okay. Mario Cunnilingus. Why are they talking about me?
1: <laughs> but it has... It has all the Fincher tropes. This movie, you know, it's dark. Uh, it has that kind of really stupid electro dust brothers, uh, you know, entrance into it. Um, I I I enjoy the game. You know, I think it's I think it's a good story. Um, I think it's it come it's pepper thin though as a movie. You no, know, it is it is. There's not that much to it. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm looking at it going, like really. You know. His brother paid for this form. How, how much would that have cost?
0: Well, I'm going to come on to this. So, I, I Fincher always seems to take on these these. Everything that I've looked at is a lot of it is taking on the elite and bringing them down. Mm-hmm. Whether putting them in a position of you know of danger, whether it's fighting back against them, where it's you know he goes after these sort of people who are almost undeserving of what they've got, and he finds interest in that, and this. It's an insanely massive game and I like the idea. It's basically imagine a company that turned the world into an escape room mm-hmm. where you've got, you know, and you have people shooting at you and chasing you down and car chasers and and this accumulates into a rooftop standoff where he's got a loaded gun.
1: <laughs> what a jump.
0: And he decides to and spoiler alert for the game, but fucking hell, it's 20 years old. The, he decides to jump off the building instead of carrying on with his life because of where it's got to. So the psychological trauma this game has placed on him, and I love that concept. I love the idea of, you know, is it a game? Is it real? What isn't real? Is this part of it? Are you part of it? And it didn't feel to go into too much of that. It was mm-hmm. more taken that this is real now. It was never questioning whether it was a game or not. It just shouted at people quite a lot, saying, are you in on this? Are you in on this? Yeah. And
1: then- But the one thing about it as well is, he, he never clocked on to that girl could be, have been involved. Never. He never once questioned right it. Right,
0: at the beginning. And then she like got chased as well. And he's like, oh, you can't be part of this then. But imagine, right, I've been in some pretty dark places, okay? So you are on top of a building. You're, you're going to shoot somebody. You're going to shoot your brother or whatever it is. You've got a loaded gun. You, you believe everybody's coming after you. You've lost all your money. And you decide that the only way out is to jump off a building okay and you do that you crash through a window onto a giant inflatable mat and then when you get up all your family and friends are there going ha, surprise and he just goes oh you guys well, the oh, game, I what? can't oh, believe
1: you done this wow, for me this is great i fell great.
0: for it, fell <laughs> for it. Oh, no you, he's what? just jumped <laughs> off a building with the intent and killing himself he will be highly traumatized
1: I'm going to tell you a movie now, right, that you may have seen, you might not have seen. How familiar are you of uh, Martin Scorsese's back catalogue? Go on. Have you ever seen a movie called After Hours? Years ago. Years ago. It was one of those
0: somebody stuck on when I was drunk. Yeah,
1: I implore anybody uh, to watch After Hours. It's like, uh, I can't remember the name, Griffin Dunn is the name of the actor who's in it yeah. um very very interesting guy as well um you can look into the story of his sister being murdered very very interesting story um but anyway uh after hours is kind of it's the game without the game so it's basically a guy who's stumbling through uh soho in new york and he just keeps falling into these different situations and Every single time I was watching the game, it kind of reminded me of After Hours, but there's just a game in the game. and and, right, this, and, and But it, it's a very interesting movie. Um, but it does, it, like, the game for introduction in Defensure, I think this is one of his, this is one of the first movies that he actually done as well. And it kind of reminded me of the power of Michael Douglas also, you know, because this is around the same kind of time, maybe a wee bit later, uh, of Fallen Down. Because every once in a while, Michael Douglas will come out with uh, with a movie, and you'll just remind yourself and go, "Yeah, he, he actually is quite good." You know, he, he's 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 a very good actor. Like
0: David Fincher directed the Patrick Swayze music video. She's like the wind.
1: Yeah, wow. Oh, She's like the wind. Paul, the man, the man is multi talented. George Michael, Freedom. Really? But yeah, Aerosmith. Janie's
0: got a gun. Madonna. Vogue. Express yourself. Yeah, Vogue. Wow,
1: he's done a fair bit. An awesomely talented man. Now, what I will say as well, and we're going off topic a wee bit, but Aerosmith's Janie's got a gun. Have you watched the video recently?
0: Not recently. do
1: Do you even remember the song?
0: Yeah, yeah, roughly.
1: Yeah, watch Janie's got a gun, and then watch Seven. Okay. It's like you can see you can see seven in Janie's got a gun and I'll st- I'll stand by that and even there's a shot in Janie's got a gun right where I hate to give the story away but the song is about an abusive father and then the daughter uh, kills the father right but there's a shot and it's kind of like a it's just red meat kind of thing and then the camera sucks back and it's going through a bullet hole and then it comes out and it's the father lying dead on the street. And it's kind of like, do you know what? Yeah, that's okay. Fincher. That's, I'll give that a watch. That's venture. That that's venture. But, you know, I think... It did, I
0: think- a, it did a similar shot to that in Panic Room. Yeah. The very start of the Panic Room. And, yeah. And that was actually CGI. They couldn't get a camera small enough to go through, so the, the CGI had a lot of that shot. But he's he, he's got no problem with incorporating CGI and, and live action. And Oh, yeah. It's very clever how he does it. It's not obvious.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think there's there's a lot of a lot of Fincher's stuff is based in humanity. A lot of his stuff is based in, in realism. I know there's going to be, you know, times where he you know dips in the movies and it's gonna be, you know, a bit of like extraordinary. We're gonna talk about one probably next with uh and <laughs> Putin. Um, but you know, the CGI that he actually does have in his movies is used really, really, really well. The only the only standout one that I can remember off the top of my head that was shit was the penguins in fight club.
0: Yeah, that will crap. Yeah. So, oh, and, um, well, so, okay, Fish Dish, the worst, the one you don't really rate. I think a lot of people might have gone Alien 3. I watched Alien Cube recently. It is not
1: that bad. It's not. It's not at all. It is not that bad. And, and you know, the thing that annoys me about Alien 3 is this, is at this point I have seen so many versions of Alien 3. Mm. I don't know which one is Fincher's and which one isn't because he very, very rarely talks about it.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I watched that recently, and like I said, it is it is not as bad. I think it's one of those that suffers from uh, the content and what happens and how yeah. it happens, rather than... I think if, you know, if it had been... Because you kill off Newton Hicks in the, in the opening minute, well, everyone goes into that. Imagine going into a, a an Avengers film, and the first opening minute is them at the... Funeral for Iron Man and Thor. You're like, what the fuck? Hang on a minute. You know, so you, I can well, get why people would be.
1: But so, what have what, what I, you picked What I will say, what I but what I but, will say is this as well about Alien Three is that I think Alien Three suffered from the too many cooks scenario as well because it was Fincher's yeah. first feature. And I don't think that he had obviously had enough clout. So he was listening to too many people. You know, they were doing too many script changes. They were doing, you know, too many. We don't like that. We don't like this. We don't like that. We don't like this kind of scenario. And he didn't have the kind of the core strength to just to go. No. But I think I think I can't remember. I think it was after the game, uh, every movie that he had, he had uh, final edit cut and that's what he went for in every single movie after that. Either he edits the movie and his his cut is the final one, or he doesn't do the movie.
0: Well, it deserves it now. So you went for Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah. This is probably um, by far the least Fincher film of the lot.
1: Yeah. Now, I will say this. Again, as we spoke about the CGI, CGI was phenomenal in it. Yeah. Um, and I think Benjamin Button it's the third highest grossing uh, Fincher movie as well. Um, So people obviously, it's the Brad Pitt pull though, isn't it? You know, people will go see a movie with Brad Pitt in it, you know, and when we get to a stage where Brad Pitt is um, young and handsome and virile, you know, but there's just so many creepy kind of things in this movie, you know, when he's... (sighs) When he's old and she wants to bang him, when he's young and she wants to bang him. And it's kind of like, uh, it kind of gets a little bit creepy.
0: Yeah. It was, it was probably one of the most sort of more of a fairy tale yeah. than any of his other it's work. It's
1: big fish, isn't it? It's big fish.
0: Yeah. But restraint, you know, not Tim Burton's big fish, but definitely David Fincher's big fish. Yeah. And this is a, you know, a young boy who's born old with arthritis and wrinkly skin, et cetera. Um, and during the course of his life, as he grows, Excuse me. As he ages, he deages. He becomes a young man at fifty, and a teenage boy at seventy-five, and he is a baby at ninety years old, or whatever. And then he dies. Mm-hmm. And and I like them. Some of these films, you know, these whimsical sort of through the ages kind of films. You know, Forrest Gump's the sort of first one that jumps out. You know, where you go through the life of a person, and it's quite yeah. study. I did think it was interesting, but there wasn't more to it than oh. Every scene, you look younger, you look younger, you've you you've, you look younger. There wasn't anything sort of grabbing me from the film. There was a they the, the went to, into war, but he never saw war, and it was kind of like telling the story about somebody who's real fucking boring. Yeah, and the only thing <laughs> interesting about him is it
1: is it's anti Forrest Gump, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like Forrest Gump, the, the same story. It was a young boy who was born different who had to mm-hmm. survive in a world that didn't understand how to deal with them. And instead of him going on a boat to war like Benjamin Button, and he ends up two mile away, but takes a stray bullet and then sails home. Fucking Forrest has got Bubba on his back or whatever, running through bomb. You like, know what? Come heard... on, spice it up. You're making a fucking story up. Spice it up a bit.
1: I heard, I heard a great story um, about Forrest Gump, and I think I've heard it before. Like, but it was one of those ones where when I, when I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a great one. Um, in Forrest Gump, do you know there's scenes where he his voice is just Tom Hanks. So for like a month, they filmed Forrest Gump as just Tom Hanks's voice, and yeah. he didn't he didn't have that kind of Arkansas drawl. And the young boy, uh, Michael Connor Humphreys, I think his name is, um, the young boy who played the young Forrest Gump, that was actually how he spoke. Right, like his okay. his voice in Forrest Gump is his voice. He has that real and Zemeckis and Zemeckis and Tom Hanks absolutely fell in love with his voice. So they reshot everything. And then Tom Hanks did the voice. So they based his the Forrest Gump character on this this kid, uh Connor Humphreys because they knew they knew it worked and they were like yeah that this 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 kid has it like this kid's it
0: but that was the thing with Benjamin Button it, there wasn't I was never curious about him
1: no I think it's the Brad Pitt thing as well I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not a massive fan of Brad Pitt now what I will say is that he has been in probably some a couple of my most favorite movies of all time but He's not a character. He's not an actor that I seek out to watch. No. I don't know why that is. It's just he's not. He's not that kind of a person.
0: Is one of them where you know you're going to be in for a good time because yeah,
1: you'll him. get a you'll get a performance yeah. out of him.
0: But I, I won't. I won't sit there going, "Do you want to go see the new Brad Pitt film?" Yeah. No. Um. But yeah, all that took me back from this was there was nothing. There was nothing interesting about the story. No. It was just. Uh, it was just a frail boy that got stronger as he got older, yeah. and. Banged a couple of different people and lots of conversations in really well lit rooms. Yeah. I, I don't want more to it, but um, second overall worldwide, three hundred twenty-nine million. So ne- Finch has never even broke five hundred million at box no. office.
1: This, but do you look at? But you look at some of Finch's movies as well? Like, do you look at the game? The game made eighty million. Um, even Fight Club. Fight Club only made a hundred million worldwide. Yeah, like that's worldwide. insane. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's rated R, it's based on, you know, on, I, I get... I, get, I it, know, but it, fight, club was a, cu-
1: fight Club was a cultural phenomenon. You I, know,
0: once f- it came out, as soon as yeah. it got on DVD and more people saw it, it became huge. I can't remember it being massive when it first came out. It's developed over time. It's one of those where more people have seen it. Well, we'll come on to your main one as well, because this, this is one that, uh, for your main course now, I wouldn't have said this, I'd have said Fight Club or, or Seven for his... Uh, for David Fincher. You've gone for Zodiac.
1: I don't think that I can name five other movies that are better than Zodiac. Hudson Hawk. (laughs) Hudson Hawk 2. The Hudson Hawkening.
0: We should make
1: a sequel to Hudson Hawk.
0: (laughs) Why don't we write a sequel to Hudson Hawk?
1: Is David Fincher going to direct (laughs) it? I don't care. But we can't we can't get Bruce Willis to star in it because he's an asshole. So <laughs> it don't
0: matter. Son of Hawk.
1: No. Let's get back Son to Fincher. The- oh, Let's get back to Fincher. Let's get that's back to Fincher. An idea. Let's I'm get gonna... back to Fincher. Right. Zodiac.
0: <laughs> Zodiac, why why do you like this? I I know why you like it, but tell others.
1: Obviously, I have a, a, a quite a love for the macabre and I have quite a love for um I love. Is that the right way to say this? Serial killers. I love serial killers. I love, I love them the all. Best. I oh, love I them. I can't get enough of Henry. Nah, you like, like your I true, love them all. You lo- you like your true crime. I
0: like
1: I like li- yeah. Li- Solve li-
0: mysteries and all that. Yeah, kind of I like
1: true crime. I like it. I like. I I love the story of Zodiac. I don't believe that Zodiac is any way um, one of the most interesting serial killers, but I believe that the story of Zodiac is the most interesting you know yeah of, of them all you know because there are so many rabbit holes that you can fall down on zodiac yeah you know it, basically zodiac terrorized you know the san francisco bay area um lake barry you know northern uh, la um in the late 60s early 70s and the main thing about zodiac was that he communicated um through uh, the newspapers and he communicated communicated to the police um, you know threatening to blow up school buses if he didn't see people wearing his badges uh you know threatening uh journalists you know saying that he would you know he would as school buses stopped he would pick them off uh, you know he was just an interesting person but you know there's so many storylines zodiac probably wasn't one person you know you think? there there is a there is a, a massive massive uh, lot of people uh, who have looked into this kind of stuff and they believe that zodiac was a made-up serial killer to cover up killings so they may have killed someone um and to cover it up they created a person you know killer to kill, and so they killed another couple of people, but then to cover that up, they killed another couple of people. Um, there's another form of people who believe that Zodiac was more than one person, uh, that they were two to three people. Um, it has came out last year, um, that uh, I can't remember his name now, was it David Proust Post? Um, basically, oh. basically, the cryptograms he used to send cryptograms to newspapers, yeah. and one of the cryptograms that he sent to a newspaper basically said, if you if you dis- or solve this cipher, you will know who I am. And uh, last year, um, a, a group of cipher hunters, according to them, um, broke the cipher, and I think his name's David Post. Um, now, he was someone that was never thought of uh, as uh, a suspect in any of the cases, but some of the renderings of when he was younger striking striking similar similarity uh to some of the um uh, the the sketches that the victims uh the surviving victims uh, made of the zodiac um obviously in this movie they focus on it maybe being a guy called arthur lee allen um, and arthur lee allen um denied it to the day he died he died in 1992 i believe 1992, 1993 but he actually went on tv and basically said listen i am not the fucking zodiac you know stop calling me the zodiac and people in this movie the the movie that or the book that this movie was based on um basically came up with the premise that it was arthur d allen who was the murderer who was the zodiac um but everything in this movie i love this movie simply because There are certain movies that you can take not having an ending. We never find out who Zodiac is. We never find out. There's never a happy ending in this movie. There's there's no character ends up, you know, happy. Uh, Maybe Dave Toskey, Ruffalo's character, he kind of ends up, you know, being quite famous. Um, uh, Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry was based on Dave Toskey. You know uh,
0: the whole the whole the Harry film was one. Yeah, it?
1: every everything was kind of based on based on Dave Tosky. Um, but from Gyllenhaal, Ruffalo, Downey Jr., even Anthony Edwards. Um, you know, playing as his, his partner, Chloe Savigny, uh, John Carl Lynch, uh, who who plays D e. Allen. He also played uh, Francis McDormand's husband in Fargo. And yep. he's still he's one of my is one of my favorite 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 character actors. Every time I see him, I know I'm gonna get something out of him. But there's a couple. The scenes in zodiac that i love and there's a scene where it's the third killing i believe in san and this is the first one that actually happened in san francisco and the shot is like above the car i call it like the grand theft auto shot and yeah. it's the car going you know turning and i'm sure i've seen it in other movies but i just love it and i love it because i know that that's it's a david fincher kind of kind of ask one to. But it's like seven. It's like Fight Club. It's dark. Um, a lot of it is dark. It's 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 dingy. Um, and I think this is probably one of the best movies that has ever shown. You know that era. That seventies America. That sixties America. It's just pin. It's pinpoint. You know, it's a character movie. It's it's not a serial killer movie. It's a character movie. I I got
0: that feeling of, in terms of um, how do I put it. I can see how the guy got so interested in doing Mindhunter. Yeah. After this, because 100%. Zodiac is it from what I've read, it went to very, he only filmed the murder scenes or the attempted murder scenes where somebody survived mm-hmm. because he, he had, it had to be accurate. It had to be respectful, but it had to be accurate. He wasn't going to embellish anything. So anything we saw was off first-hand accounts from people who had lived that and seen that and, and experience that, so it's back into that that realism of it, um, showing off sort of California and, and the time period. Um, people talk about cinematography. Now, I don't know the difference between camera lenses or what have you, but I can tell when a different camera lens is being used, yeah, and a different and a different wide angle shot and everything, and and the the grain on the camera, the color palette, the lighting in a lot of these scenes. It just Added so much, it felt like it felt like everybody. It, it didn't feel like there was sort of um, a murder around the corner anymore. moment.
1: Yeah. It's, this is Sa- it's seven's evolution. This yes. seven seven was his murder picture. Zodiac is his thinking picture. Just cop cop picture. It's yeah. His cops,
0: yeah. But um, no, very impressed by it. I won't say it's his best. One thing that I did pick up on, and I was re- I was watching this on, um, what was it now? You. YouTube, someone on YouTube, talking about Fincher's use, use of camera work. And if you're if you're tracking a subject on film and they come into the shot, usually they'll walk into the shot or the camera will move with them. But if you notice with Fincher, whenever he's watching somebody, and say they just lean forward a little bit or they lift the, something up, whatever is the focal point of his shot, he moves the camera just slightly with it. And look out for it. I'll, I'll share the video on, uh, on YouTube so people can have a look. But it's so clever in a way that it just enthralls you watching whatever you're watching. But just as that character stands up and takes a couple of steps back, the camera just slightly lifts up and follows them. And it's not every film that does that. A lot of them just have a static camera film in a scene, and, a character, and an actor will get up and walk around. Mm-hmm. But he just, whoever is focusing on in that scene, and I saw it with Rafalo while he was eating the burger. And I saw it a couple of times with Jake Gyllenhaal. A nod of the head, the camera will just move slightly, and it's all about just engrossing. It's engrossing. These yeah. films bring you into a world. Yeah, and you're keep in it. You're in there.
1: Yeah. yeah, you're in it. Yeah, no, yeah. totally get that. Totally get it.
0: Um, last one, um, your indulgence, or is this I've forgotten seven? <laughs> well,
1: forgotten. it's because it's, it's one well, of those. Man. It's one of those ones where we. I think we've spoken about Fight Club before. Yeah. So that was the rule. We can't talk about something that we've spoken before. Um, I might have put Fight Club in it. Um, and then we kind of questioned whether they're putting Seven in it because of uh Kevin Spacey. You yeah. know, thinking all the people that he's murdered
0: it's allegedly, allegedly. allegedly.
1: <laughs> but Seven, Seven to me, Seven to me is another perfect movie. You know, it, it is from start to finish. Even, even Brad Pitt's character. You know where he's trying to impress Morgan Freeman. You know, obviously Morgan Freeman is a, a well-read, astute debonair, you know, detective who knows fucking everything. You know, four days can,
0: before retirement. Yeah, and, he can yeah. talk
1: he can talk to the fucking a cleaner as as he could talk to a president, you know, and he doesn't speak to anybody any differently. And then th- there's that great scene where um he has he's trying to read he's trying to read Dante's Inferno. And then he has the guy go out and get him, you know, Dante's Inferno for dummies. And 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 he's trying to read it in the car because he he wants to know what fucking Morgan Freeman's talking about. And like even we things like that. And we spoke about this in The the Batman where uh, that movie, Robert Pattinson's Batman, um, where I believe that I was in Gotham. You know, this was the movie where I went, yeah, I'm in fucking New York. Yeah, I'm here. I'm in New York.
0: See, I kind of got the feeling I didn't know where I was with it. Which is really? kind of Yeah, yeah, because well, you notice you go half an hour out of town and you're in the desert, that says to me Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anywhere around New York. It feels like a completely fictional city. This is Mega City yeah. One or whatever, you know, it feels like its own place, whether it's Gotham or Metropolis or, you know, Murderville or whatever it's fucking wants to be called. Um it does a very good job and, and and this the reason why this works so well for me is it, it it's a great concept again panic room i love the concept you know you're in, you're in uh,
1: yeah now. and it's iconic
0: yeah it is it's the seven deadly sins you know all i can think is somebody doing a film about somebody trying to break all 10 commandments or something yeah. you know what i mean it's it, but there's it so many things forward. you
1: you could not watch seven in 10 years right and you can still I like I I didn't have to rewatch Seven like I didn't because I know I know Seven from fucking back to front because I've watched it so many times, of yeah. you know the scenes that stick out in mind. The first time that up the stairs when the photographer takes a photograph of them, and then we find out later that that's the fucking killer and he ha- it gives them the the photograph yeah. and, and it was it, it mind fucked me and it was like oh fucking hell they were so close or the guy who has to. Has to fuck the prostitute with the, the razor blade dildo. Yeah, yeah. You know, that stays with me. And yeah, I can't I would love to know what that guy's um, name is because his his interrogation uh, you know where he <laughs> yeah. and it's just so real and visceral and it's kind of like fuck that is exact like because I always remember I always remember when when my granny died right and they tried to make me Uh, go up and do a reading in the church and yeah and I was crying because this is my granny but I I was one of those criers that did that (laughs) and I couldn't speak but that kind of that kind of resonated with me you know that where he um the killer uh hits uh Brad Pitt in the alleyway after the big chase scene when they find his when they find his apartment when the phone rings in the apartment and they're like you know who's ringing this guy everything about it everything everything
0: I mean, there's the. Um, is it I've not of, even talked
1: about the head in the box.
0: Yeah, well, what's in the box? So is it is it greed at first? With the, is it uh, the big over fat field, guy at the table, the big yeah. Fat guy? yeah, and that sort of that that where he groans and turns. That's the, your first sort of jump scare, uh-huh. and that was a really clever jump scare because that is this this is for me is how films like Saw should be. Yeah, it's clever ways of killing people.
1: Oh, and the, guy with a the, message. the guy in the bed. The guy in the oh. bed.
0: Cutting uh, the woman who cuts her nose horrible. off, her and, horrible! Horrible! Yeah, yeah. And it's it's twisted. Um, see, I didn't know who Kevin Spacey was in 1997. He'd been in, he'd been in a few
1: films. Yeah, I don't think anybody really did.
0: Well, they did because when they were producing this, he actually had it written into his contract, or Fincher made him promise not to be part of the, the promotion, yeah. the promotion, because they wanted it to be a surprise that it was Kevin Spacey. Now if you think about it, leading up to this point, so from sort of 1990 onwards, Kevin Spacey's done Ellie uh, LA Law, Consenting Adults, then he's done Swimming with Sharks, which he had a lead
1: role in. And his most famous movie.
0: Now, then it was Usual Suspects.
1: No, see No Evil here, No Evil, Paul. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. He was he was the bad guy in see New evil here New evil oh that was back that was 89 I didn't look yeah, back that that back. was that was uh, I, and I didn't know Kevin's busy did.
0: but then he was in it was in usual Suspects* in 95 a time to kill in 96 and then seven came out around that time
1: oh really a time to kill was before seven
0: um well it's it says 96 95 for seven 96 I always thought seven was like97 or something but it was 95 wasn't it so mm. it was around that time. So he's obviously got the juice to so I'd be recognised enough to be in A Time to what, Kill with Mahogany. What, th-
1: what three hits though? Suspects, A Time to Kill and Seven. Like yeah. that's... Well, had ta- out, when, it was in Outbreak
0: ta- as well in between those.
1: Yeah, but when you're talking about people coming off a fucking hot streak, holy shit, that is a very, very hot streak there.
0: Yeah, and uh, and straight after he did them, he did LA Confidential.
1: And then American Beauty wouldn't, wouldn't have been too far after that.
0: Uh, then The Negotiator.
1: With Sam? Big SLJ. That's his, um, that's that's the movie he made for money. He made American Beauty. He made American Beauty because he did negotiator. I bet you hundred percent.
0: So he had it. He had it. Sort of agreed that he won't tell anybody he was in it, and he didn't have to do the press and the promotional, the media routes and stuff because they wanted it to be a surprise. And I think that another thing that makes this—I mean, any film for me that has a big twist ending
1: mm-hmm.
0: makes it iconic. A decent twist, and and that's a very good. And it's you don't have to understand why he picked, well, you know why I picked Gwyneth Paltrow. You don't have to see them interacting. You don't have yeah. to see anything of it. All you know is you forget about his wife. You forget about that character until the moment where he sees, I had, I was jealous when I yeah. saw you. And you're like, wow, no. And the, the FedEx van arrives. Now, what's um, what was the name of the, the, the thing that you had where you were talking about um, things people have seen and it didn't really happen, but people think it did? Oh,
1: the Mandela effect.
0: The Mandela effect. We never see Gernot Paltrow's head in a box. No. People swear blind that there's a shot where he opens up the box and he sees her head looking back. Never happened.
1: Not and that I remember, no.
0: So many people say that they remember seeing her, the head in the box. But that is that is
1: incredible. And... At, at, what gets me is that last scene. Obviously, there's the monologue that Spacey gives, you know, about, you know, um, uh, the final deadly sin and blah, 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 blah. But it's when he turns around him and he was like, when she started pleading for her child, and Brad Pitt then looks at him mm. and he looks back at him and he goes, You didn't know? And I was just like, Oh, you fucking evil bastard. But Somerset <laughs> did. Yeah. But you Somerset evil did. Evil bastard. But those seven, seven, seven for me. If you were to watch, obviously, Fight Club is a great film. And Fight Club would have been in this um, probably instead of the game. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know, if if we hadn't spoken about it before. Um, But if you're living off, you're the guy that did Fight Club, Zodiac and Seven. You've done all right for a career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Um, There is our menu of uh, David Fincher. What what would be on your menu, listener? (laughs) Do, do what you want Tell us if you want
1: <laughs> Yeah f- you. We're not the fucking police
0: Yeah don't,
1: don't do it I don't give a shit uh, Don't do it I bet <laughs> you don't do a menu In fact
0: that. in fact, Don't even fucking bother telling us You know what yeah. think, Don't even think about it Stop thinking about yeah.
1: it Stop no. thinking about it right now No do tell us But only start And go My menu is uh, Fuck you
0: Yeah In fact No You're not allowed to think about it Stop thinking about what the menu would be Think about what Fucking listeners <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Right, uh, let's sign off then. What? Yeah. To, oh, it was Leland Orser, who was the crazed guy. I can't show you up. that. That's a picture of a penis. Yep. My, a cartoon picture of a penis.
1: My son drew that.
0: Penis, lol.
1: Penis, lol. And then walked penis out lol. the door.
0: Yeah, thank you oh, So he just walked in and dropped. a picture Walked in,
1: a... drew a penis on my notepad and walked out the door again.
0: Wow. And, and I love that he had to put penis underneath it because Dad's obviously never seen one before.
1: Well, one not that big, like fuck me.
0: <laughs> You're looking at it now, going where the fuck has the boy
1: seen that they get that big? <laughs> Where's he got that from? I'm not standing <laughs> next to him in the arena.
0: <laughs> mean milkman turns up and he's got his cock over his shoulder. Morning, Cormac.
1: <laughs> Morning, Dark Cormac.
0: I was early. It's all right. Yeah. Well, you know
1: his name. Tell me where I was asking after him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that's the same bad thing about Rachel, really. Um, <laughs> Gone Girl was his uh, box office all-time top mm-hmm. film, David Fincher. 367 million. It gone, gone Girl took. Um the game's actually the lowest, 80 million.
1: Yeah. And he's won two Grammys. Two Grammys, what for? Uh Rolling Stones, you love a strong. And just the so sweet. And I think it was Justin Timberlake, suit and tie. I don't know that song.
0: Oh, sorry, right. The I videos. thought it he'd brought out like a concept album of blues no. songs or something.
1: And do you want to hear do you want to hear like the ultimate, you know, shit on you moment as well? Now he won an award for Zodiac, right? So what are you thinking? Golden Globe? Yeah. Bafta, BAFTA? Ba- BAFTA. Oscar.
0: No, nah, BAF- BAFTA lover.
1: Yeah. No. No. It was the Dublin Film Critics Circle Award for Best Director. And that was the only award that the Zodiac won. Wow. I'm just
0: looking here. He won. it has been nominated for an Academy Award three times. Do you want to guess the films that has been nominated for Best Director?
1: Social Network. Social Network. Uh, I'll go Benjamin Button as well. Benjamin Button. And I don't know what the third one is. Uh, I'm going to go. It's not going to be like Gone Girl or something, is it? Mank. Mank. Should have fucking known.
0: Mank that, t- that took £80,000 at the box office just to get it into the awards.
1: Yeah, and to stop giving us Series 3 of Mindhunter.
0: Yeah, cheers for that, Fincher. Fucking prick. Um, that's a good way to finish an episode. Yeah. I, hope you are listening.
1: I hope you are fucking listening, Fincher.
0: I, I hope you are listening, Fincher. And you regret every minute of not doing episode three of mine on because that was sacrilege. All right. Well, look, we're going to do West Side Stories next week. Come in. I can't remember what words Like It is something like, come in and put it. Come
1: in, saying, and I love your mind. Maria. Um, yeah okay so we'll we'll see you next
0: week then but uh, follow us on Twitter at podmoviechef give us a follow on there go on Facebook but we don't do much on there but you can do if you want but I think it's going to get deleted soon we're on Instagram summer Um, what else are we on Twitter's man main one, isn't it? Twitter, yeah. Yeah, at Pod Movie Chef, Go and give, if you haven't listened yet, listen to the interview with uh, Natalia, Natalia Baden, because that was great. Um, like I say, we've got, still got the interview with Xander Berkeley. Um,
1: and Jeffrey Wiseman.
0: And Jeffrey Wiseman. Oh, there is a listener I need to apologise to. Not I don't low. know if they'll listen or not. So oh, they've messaged me. Do you remember with Jeffrey Wiseman, we, mm-hmm. had to, uh, we, we, we gave away some signed pictures. Yeah. to three listeners mm-hmm. well there was one that i forgot to post oh paul and they messaged me about it the other day and i feel so bad and i'm scared to reply back to him because it's okay. like how do i put like oh that thing that happened 18 months ago yeah sorry i totally forgot you know, how can i seem so unorganized that I, I, I didn't know that i hadn't posted it
1: here fucking life
0: yeah fucking life uh- so hmm. I'm sorry to that person um, who shall really remain. Also,
1: also fucking get over it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a fucking Jeffrey Wiseman picture. Come on, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. I've got one.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, West Side Story next week. Oscars after that. And then we're going to do some new stuff. So stay tuned. Uh, anything more from you?
1: No, I'm, I'm going to listen. I hope this. everybody, everybody just prays for Cormac on Tuesday or Wednesday when I'm laying in the garden, butt naked with four bottles of wine around me. It's going to be a great day.
0: We're all going to draw pictures of penises on notepads. Like my son. No, they're not going to be like your son.
1: Uh, damn. <laughs> Stop hashtag, it. With
0: hashtag pray for Cormac. With your wordplay. <laughs> Beyond the new. See you everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Once more, we're feeling. Bye.
1: It's time to play the game. It's time to play the game. <laughs>
0: I am the game, you don't want to play me I am control, no way you can shake me
1: I am heavy debt, no way you can pay me I am the pain, and I know you can't take me Look over your shoulder, ready to run Like a
0: bitch from a smoking gun I am the game, and I make do So move on out here i like a fool Trying to figure out what my mood's gonna be Come on over, circle why don't you act me? Don't you forget there's a price you can pay Cause I am
1: the game and I want to play